Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with artist and executive director of the Vecchio Group, Dr. Catherine Vecchio. As the executive director of Art for the Heart, she has witnessed firsthand how using art and groups significantly, positively impacts mental health. She has always had a passion for art, helping others, and understanding oneself. It's like the great artist gave her a message throughout her life. While in college, Catherine saw a statue of Socrates. The inscription said, The unexamined life is not worth living. This moment was profound in her life, and because of this moment, she has helped and continues to inspire others. She's a great story. Enjoy this interview. I was really looking forward to this. Um, yeah. yeah, I am too. Where are you located? Well, I, I live in two places, actually. Um Right now, I'm in North Carolina. I have a house here. Okay. And I have an apartment in Columbus, uh, soon to have a little house uh, and a gallery. So okay. and I'm excited. Uh, and a music studio there. So oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's cool. We'll, we'll get into all of that. And I want to begin our conversation with what we lived through for the last three and a half years, which is the pandemic. How did you get through that time period and how did it change you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, my dogs, my dog, Sergio, the wonder dog who has his own website, uh, came up with his cartoons. He and his, uh, sidekick, Polly, I made this whole thing up. Uh, and, and like it's, he flies around. (laughs) I scream at him. Don't, don't forget the cannolis. And he is (laughs) a little buddy. Pauly, they fly around and they spread kindness. They kind of find where and they're neurodivergent yeah. uh, themselves, and uh, the, and they also teach kid the uh, our neurodivergent how to communicate. So they're sort of like, hey, how about those the Maggies, you know, and then that kind of stuff. And and so Sergio uh, got attacked by a dog, and it was really upsetting to the kiddos, yeah. but. We went, and he he actually lost uh, vision in his left eye, but he actually took one for the team, and uh, now he's a pirate. Nice. So, he, so, anyways, that was part of it. Yeah. it. It was Serge and I, and um, so it was part of it. And then I painted, um, and I got really into hot yoga. So, you know, it was kind of like um, – that and then the uh, seeds of this program started. Yeah. And what I was uh, challenged with, I was working with um, kids on the spectrum in my office doing art, art work, expressive art, which art is music, jazz which to me is like all this kinesthetic stuff and drama and painting. How do you do that yeah. on Zoom? Right. So what I thought was, what if I send them supply boxes? And oh my gosh, these kiddos never get mail. So they're like freaking out. And it's so cool, you know, magic markers that smell. So they have these oh, little, yeah. you know, they get the marker on their little noses. But- we were connected, right? Because everybody's got a box. So now it's kinesthetic. And then on Friday, we all have to wear a silly hat. So now we're not, we're connected. And then we're talking about dare to be silly. And, you know, and you know what? It worked. Yeah. 
And so now it's like, okay, some magic's happening. And for me, I'm 61 years old. I'm never going to retire. I almost feel like my check is a cheat. Yeah. So that's how I got through it. That's wonderful. So let's do this. Let's get to the essence of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think, first of all, it's it really being my authentic self. You know, I always say that you can you can go to school and get the letters and and it is important to train and it's important um you know it, it is it's important however i'm real i i love but like todd rungren is my favorite one i i worship todd rungren and he is not necessarily a quote trained musician he's a self-trained musician as my first boyfriend was and he's one of the best musicians i know but you know in my field it is really good to have solid training, but people have the gift, the authentic gift of loving, you know, caring. And and when when these little kiddos look at me and they go, Dr. Caffey, you love what you do. So that's the first thing is, yeah. you know, it's just I get on the floor, I wear I'm my brand is Converse tennis shoes. Um, that's first. And um, I read a book, What is an Artist? An artist is someone who follows a line to its conclusion, sees the reflection in a puddle. I have a little violin about this big, and it is an actual violin. Yeah. I'll bring my father's jazz trumpet in. They start to feel these things, see them. You know, it's amazing to me. Well, I... These are under underserved populations, never been to a play, never felt an instrument, have no idea what jazz is. Yeah. And of course, you jazz can be enormously annoying. Right. You know, we have to come to it first and you know, try. And then we can, you know, hear it. So you know, massaging them into art. And just kind of, hey guys, just sit with it a minute. Come on. So it's building relationship, and you know, and then like I'll hold up a white canvas for a minute and go, isn't this scary? Kind of like, ooh, even I feel a little weird, and I I do this all the time. And so we just kind of talk about that, and like, come on, who wants to be brave and throw some paint on it? Uh, we'll throw a journal out in the rain if it's raining. You know, a lot of it's spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, on Fridays, we'll wear a hat, and or and I'll wear a hat, and I'll just say, I mean, I almost wore a hat for this. Sometimes on the podcast, I will, and and I'll say, you know, like I'll just start talking until somebody says says something, and I'll say, yeah, I kind of feel weird, but you know what? Isn't that just like so amazing when you can just we all want to risk being silly and vulnerable and then once we are um like i had a kid that really wanted to do yoga and a year ago he was in isolation and he 
he almost did it, but he's, he felt silly in the yoga. And then he, his challenge was, I said, can you talk to me after why you didn't do it? So he calls me after and he says, Dr. Kathy, I felt silly in my yoga pants. And I said, oh my gosh, I did too. I was like, it was hard for me. Like I was 10 steps to the door, man. And I was like, oh, so how about next time we do it? And we know we're both going to feel weird. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like normalizing that, that people don't even realize, you know, we're all humanoids and just talking about that and approaching this whole thing about just creativity. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, making music, drumming, all that yeah. stuff. So that's yeah. right. That's cool. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What did you want to grow up and become? I just, you know, life was a little difficult. You know, I've seen a, I've seen a couple of things and I just remember transparently. I mean, I just really remember thinking I was in my bunk bed. I was a little older than third grade, I suppose, but I just remember thinking I never want a little kid to feel like I feel. Yeah. And um, I want to spread music because I grew up on jazz music and it set me free. Yeah. Really. It was yeah. super cool. That's, That's wonderful. You know, it's interesting because along with the jazz show, I, I do the famous interviews. My son's 18. He's on the spectrum and I'm a visual artist. That's my painting behind me. So there's a lot of little parts of this that I completely understand. Um, I almost set up an arts program at one point about eight years ago through a library where we were living at the time and never really, it never really got up and going. It took a while to get to that point. There was roadblocks, but anyways, I find personally, you know, me doing it, the level of therapeutic good that goes into it. And it's, it's good for everybody. It certainly is. So how did this journey into the arts, more specifically visual arts begin for you? Uh, well, I mean, I think all along, I, I was really blessed. I was in the Cleveland school system, which was very rich. Uh, and I was in the uh, gifted and talented program where we, uh, they had a special class uh, for kids where we got to take French in the second grade. And then um, we had special art classes and we were exposed to all sorts of things. If a kid wanted to play an instrument, we were given an instrument, which is like so profound. I got to play two instruments. Um, and that was how my father, first generation immigrant Italian, uh, in poverty, was able to get a trumpet and became a jazz trumpeter. Uh, and so anyways, and then I, the Cleveland school system then uh, offered a class, one class for uh, kids from the whole city. And I was in that class and I got to take Russian and advanced art. Uh, so, and then interestingly, when I went to grad, I call it gradual school at Texas A&M, I walked in there and I, and I said to the professor, Hey, Hey, where's, where's blah, blah, blah. And, and he goes, where are you from? Cause you're a Yankee. 
they, they always said that. And I said, Ohio. And he goes, you know, the Cleveland school system up there, the gifted program is one of the best. I said, yeah, I know I was in it. So yeah, it's really well known for the arts. So second grade on, I got to, I got that exposure. Um, but I think it was in my bones. Uh, but I, I want to emphasize I am not naturally talented, and I, I want to make that clear. I, I believe I'm not naturally talented. I've sold some paintings. Um, I've worked at watercolor. If you practice long enough, you can get good at something. But, you know, what is being good at art? You know? Right. I mean, and and like Matisse, I if you look at my website, it's Matisse colors, you know, he painted with scissors. Yeah. You know? So I would really say to people, art can, you know, I said to my friend, she designed my house and she said, I, I can't do art. I said, are you kidding me? Your canvas is my house. Yeah. I mean, like really like, or a friend of mine, loves cars and he said i'm pragmatic engineer I go, these cars are art and we went to a car show literally it was called creativity they have an apprentice program at ohio state the art of cars and creativity i mean yeah. a jaguar is a, is a woman's body right. board say i mean come on so we and and it's interesting when i said that people want oh you know i mean i think yeah. people right i mean i think people want to know that actually yeah. i'm not sure what my canvas is to tell you the truth <laughs> well it, it's wide open there's no fences around it i think that's the bottom line it's like it's almost akin to saying is there just a wall in outer space where it all ends it just keeps going and going and going it can be any interpretation that you want it to be it's expansive it's imaginary but it's real mm -hmm. so right you know Yes, yeah. I mean, so, said it's our clothes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Who's been a hero for you in your life? Oh, uh, Judy Chicago. Judy Chicago. Uh, my mother. Um, my mother. My mother's difficult, for sure. Uh, like everybody. I mean, she's she's passing forward right now. Uh, but I mean, that's that's human. So I I won't deify her per as a, I, I've learned that from friends, you know, it, when we deify people as perfect, then they, they're not, they're not real. But my mother, um, my mother is a hero to me, fierce. She been through a thing or two and strong, strong. She has a great sense of design. I remember one of my aunts came in, my mother had this, this, we're all fighting, who's going to get it? <laughs> this um, impeccable, fierce sculpture. And my aunt came in and she goes, I can do that in arts and crafts in five minutes. <laughs> my, I think my mom paid like $20,000. It's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, she's just impeccable. Anyway, so yeah. Um, but Judy Chicago, and what she's a she did a, a sculpture, and it came out when I was a freshman in college called the Dinner Party, um, 
and it, it's it's in the Brooklyn Museum as she's a feminist and it is a giant triangle and it's a, a famous women are the plates and yep. they each represent like uh, George O'Keefe, Emily Dixon, and the plates are representative of the women. And interesting, there's a documentary now, what were the feminists thinking? And then right after it is a documentary on um, a spring break current with how, how women and men are behaving um, sexually. And, it is stunning because I was that era of what we were trying to do about our bodies and, and respect. But Judy Chicago said, now, when is my experience going to be enough? And I went, oh, my gosh. And here she's gone from there to now. But what I saw was so stunning that. I feel like, and my daughter is um, in that age group, and I saw how we're objectifying women, and you know, it it just I I don't know what happened, you know, yeah. and and that we're doing this instead of creativity. So I say, for me, I, I don't wallow in the negative. For me, it's like let's flip it, let's do this gallery, let's do this little house. Let's spread art. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I so, love it. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. What is the motivation for you every day to get up, to do the work that you do, to help people, to create work, to create art? What is that for you? Well, I mean, really, transparently, I've, I've been through a thing or two. And I feel like, uh, I really feel like I've, I've, Provided, I've worked with a lot of people, death row inmates. Um, I've worked with suburban, very wealthy suburban uh, families. That uh, I've I've worked with, you know, employees at Cisco, and you know that are their their greatest. And I mean, it's real. Their greatest worry is that they lost uh, a you know. $300,000 job and they, you know, have multi-million dollars uh, versus, you know, death row inmate, you know, or a life, life sentence. And they figuring out how to live in a cell that's, a, you know, a human cage. So I've seen these things over 30 years and it's like, you know, talk therapy. Yeah. And I just feel like a different approach and at 61 years old, I'm looking at this last chunk of time. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of hurting myself. So what's a different approach that's and and now there's a new approach called happy psychology, positive psychology. And I'm buying it actually. And my my thought is art and yoga mm -hmm. and mindfulness. I've studied the Native American. I went out out west for a while. You know, hug a buffalo, man. You know, yeah. like seriously. I know that sounds that sounds kind of like you know silly. No. Yeah, but no, I get it. I know all the theories, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, years ago, I met Albert Ellis, who's one of the great theorists. I have no idea why they had me touring him around. I was just this 
silly little 24-year-old. But I was like this serious student, academic, right? And he looks at me. He's eating a peanut butter sandwich. You know, all these weird things we had to give him, right? And, and he, I mean, he's like a big wig, yeah. you know, up there. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, what's the, what's the meaning of life? And I don't know. I said something really dumb, you know, embarrassing. And he said, you know what it is? It's to have joy. That never occurred to me. Yeah. Never even occurred to me. And then all these years later, I went, oh, my gosh. So about two years ago, I went out west for a really long time. And I left the practice, which was really hard. I mean, people really were angry. But I had to stop. I just had to stop. And I went out there and I just pondered this whole thing. And I thought uh, there was art therapy going on at this place I was at. And really, basically, it was a bunch of crayons on the table. And I actually am talking to them about the program that I developed uh, because, you know, I just started thinking about it. Um, and I thought, you know, how, what what would bless this program and how do, how do we enhance this kind of thing so and they they're really interested in it yeah um, anyways yeah. right on no that's great so if you you have a dream tonight and you run into that 24 year old version of yourself you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point what advice would you give your younger self well i got married when i was 21 and, you know, everybody says to me now, because that sounds really, really young now, but honestly, he was my bet. We're divorced, but, uh, it, you know, you know, the, the, the easy piece is we were too young, but we, we grew up together and actually that wasn't too bad. Uh, and we, we busted through school. My advice is, I guess, you know, really like Judy Chicago said, when is my experience going to be enough? That's the most important thing. Like I said, like I would ask people, um, what is the greatest work? What do you think is the greatest work of art of, of the last millennium? And when the kiddo said your life, I thought that's it. Yeah. Great spirit created everyone unique. Isn't that cool? Like all these billions of people over the arc of time. How bizarre is that? In that, like, we're all different? Like, really? How could that be? And so wouldn't that mean we pay attention to that? And that we all have this super cool voice? But I completely lost touch with that. I'm looking at everybody else for advice. And I realized I always thought if I faced death, I would have to have all my chick friends or tribe like around me holding my hands because I'd be scared. And I got osteomyelitis a couple of years ago, but I was by myself because it happened when I was traveling and the, uh, I got sepsis and the doctors came in and they were kind of like, why are you by yourself? And I'm like, you know, was out of town and it really got bad. And I could tell when they walked in, you know, like, we can't stop this. And I was in ICU and the, you know, it was kind of like, 
you're at this point and I'm by myself. And the first thing I thought of was, okay, do my kids have a net? You know, do they have people around him? I go, yep. And then I went, I'm good. And I am like, I really am. I'm at peace. And I thought, because I've learned to listen to my voice, but I hadn't for my whole life. Um, And, you know, I think that's it. And it is enough. Yeah. If you listen to that or you, you pay attention to that, you don't need drugs. You, You know, it's, that's the key and yeah. it's the hero's journey you know joseph campbell's the hero's journey uh it's and also it's like the first um premise of buddhism all of life is suffering that's true but it's freeing because you just listen to your voice to, and you can face anything yeah you, right is yeah yeah I dig it. I totally do. So let me ask you this. Let's get to the heart and soul of you. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, everyone that you teach, everyone that experiences your art, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Soft. Soft. Maybe too soft, but (laughs) at times, no, I take it. No, Mm -mm. I don't want to change that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? That's living? Yeah. Meet anybody? Yeah. My daughter. I know her, but I want to know her better and better and better, better. Okay. I know her. I know her a lot. Yeah. But I want to know her a lot more. That's a great answer. So what was the first painting that you ever did where you thought, wow, this is great. I love it. I'm, I, I, I got it. Um, Anne Hathaway's Cottage. It's a watercolor. Yeah. Uh, she's William Shakespeare's wife. It's a a Stratford on the Avon. And, and I, it was commissioned and, um, then my daughter loved it. So I, uh, got it back and she insists that I hang it. I feel prideful about hanging it. Um, embarrassed, but my sweet daughter, always wants me to hang it yeah i guess and frankly i like it because of that yeah yeah that's cool so of all of the things that you've done and accomplished in your life what are you the proudest of my children came to me through adoption oh gosh it makes me cry um i'm you know i feel like i know i know great spirit brought them to me but i fought I really fought through all the paperwork and all all that. And everybody said, especially my daughter, because they're biological siblings. And I knew, I knew she was coming. In fact, I got a double stroller uh, before she came because I knew, you know, listen, I listened to my voice. I was putting the double stroller together and right before she came and my husband and my sister said, she's just going to get her heart broken. But I'm proud of that. Actually, I'm proud of the fact that I listened to my voice and I got the stroller because I knew Birdie was coming. Right on. I love it. So if anyone out there wants to reach out to you, learn more about you, anything about your world, where can they go? Uh, uh, Artfortheheartfoundation.org or uh, Dr. Vecchio Group. 
at gmail.com. I love it. Catherine, thank you so much for your story. Thank you for opening up. This has been wonderful. I appreciate it. Same. Back at you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music